Good morning and welcome to the 7am Bible. This is Paul Chapman and this is episode number 51. Let's pray. Dear Father in heaven, we thank you for waking us refreshed to a brand new day. We pray now for your blessing to be upon us as we open your word. Help us to understand it and gain something from it for our soul's need this day. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, if you've just joined us, we've been going through the life of Jacob. In the last episode, we looked at Jacob's invitation to his family to remove the idols from their homes, why images of God are forbidden, and what the oak tree means for us today. Jacob recounted God's merciful dealings with him since leaving home, and now returning after so many years later. His family were touched and inspired to willingly surrender their idols to Jacob. He buried them beneath the oak tree in Shechem. And that's what God is inviting you and I to do today with our idols. He wants us to bury them at the foot of the tree that Christ hung upon, the cross of Calvary. Remember, anything that lessens our love for God or impedes our service that is due to Him is a modern-day idol. So if you have anything like that in your life, I encourage you to bury it at the foot of the cross. Ask God to forgive you and cleanse you from all your idols. He did that for Jacob's family, and he'll do that for you. In the last episode, we'd read that Jacob hid all the idols beneath the oak tree, which was by Shechem. There was a place just below it he called Alon Bakuth, Oak of Weeping. Now, in case you don't get the wrong idea here, It wasn't called that because his family were weeping for their idols. They had given those up willingly and joyfully. What they were weeping for is mentioned in verse 8 of Genesis 35. It says here, But Deborah, Rebekah's nurse, died, and she was buried beneath Bethel under an oak, and the name of it was called Alon Bakuth. You see, they were weeping over the death of Deborah, She was Rebecca's nurse. To fill you in a bit, in Jacob's time, the nurse of the family was an important person and always held in high esteem. One historian wrote, In Syria, she is a sort of second parent. She always accompanies the bride to her husband's house and ever after remains there an honoured character. Now, you'll remember from episode 2 that Laban and his father Bethuel sent Deborah with Rebecca when she left home to marry Isaac. And verse 59 says of Genesis 24, And they sent away Rebekah their sister and her nurse, and Abraham's servant and his men. Now, being Rebekah's nurse, she would have been a mature woman at the time. Maybe, well, if you take it of Rebekah's age, um, keeping in mind Rebekah was 20 years married before she had a child, so Deborah would have been around 50 years of age. Uh, when she went there, and and that would make her around 180 years old at her death. As Rebecca's nurse, she had been responsible for Jacob since he was an infant. I shared previously that Rebecca died while Jacob was in Haran, and so Jacob never saw his mother again. But I am sure he would have gained much solace from the company of Deborah. She would have been like a second mother to him. I don't know when she came to stay with Jacob, but she would also have been a big help to his young family. 
In those places, old nurses like her were not only honoured but loved as mothers. Hence her death was a cause of much grief. Rather than the oak be named after a grave of idols, it was therefore named Oak of Weeping, in tender remembrance of Deborah. In the next few episodes, we'll look at the fruit of Jacob's parenting in the lives of his children. For now, he and his family had made a new start at Bethel. Jacob had reconsecrated himself and his family to God, and God recognised his act of rededication. And he did it in a marvellous way. Let's read it. Genesis 35 verse 9 to 15. And God appeared unto Jacob again, when he came out of Paddan Aram, and blessed him. And God said unto him, Thy name is Jacob. Thy name shall not be called any more Jacob, but Israel shall be thy name. And he called his name Israel. And God said unto him, I am God Almighty. Be fruitful and multiply. A nation and a company of nations shall be of thee, and kings shall come out of thy loins. And the land which I gave Abraham and Isaac, to thee I will give it, and to thy seed after thee will I give the land. And God went up from him in the place where he talked with him. And Jacob set up a pillar in the place where he talked with him, even a pillar of stone. And he poured a drink offering thereon, and he poured oil thereon. And Jacob called the name of the place where God spoke with him, Bethel. So, in recognition of his rededication to God, God renewed the covenant promise he had made with Jacob many years before, in the dream of the ladder between earth and heaven. As we read, Jacob had called the place Bethel. When God first spoke to him there in the dream, Jacob was a fugitive, alone and destitute. Now he was a wealthy man and the head of a large establishment. In the dream, he was promised the blessing of protection and a safe return to Canaan. Now that promise had been fulfilled. When he had been given that dream, Jacob had no family but was promised one. Now he had eleven children, and as we'll find out, a twelfth would soon be on the way. Now, I want to look briefly at the terms God used to express the covenant he made here with Jacob. First, he confirmed Jacob's new name, Israel. This was the name under which his descendants would be designated under the covenant. Secondly, this covenant promised a threefold blessing. Number one, the land of Canaan. Number two, a multitude of descendants that God would recognize as the chosen seed. And three, salvation through them to the world. I want to pick up on this third point. God said in verse 11, A nation and a company of nations shall be of thee, and kings shall come out of thy loins. Now, the expression, a company of nations, is interesting. Company is from the Hebrew word for a gathering or an assembly. It's also used for congregation in the Bible. Now, what I think God is promising here is not only would Jacob become a great nation, but from him would come a congregation of nations. The Hebrew word for nations is the same word for Gentiles. These are those nations or peoples other than Israel. As a result of the promise to Jacob, a congregation of Gentiles would come from him. And the one who would unite both Israel and the Gentiles as one is Jesus Christ, the promised seed. Let me share a little bit on this. 
Isaiah declared of the promised Saviour, verse 6 of Isaiah 49, and he said, It is a light thing that thou shouldest be my servant, to raise up the tribes of Jacob, and to restore the preserved of Israel. I will also give thee for a light to the Gentiles, that thou mayest be my salvation unto the end of the earth. Now Simeon, the priest who blessed Jesus at his dedication, confirmed that these words of Isaiah uh, replied to Jesus. He was the light to the Gentiles. Let's have a read here. Luke chapter 2, verses 30 to 32, I'm reading here. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, a light to lighten the Gentiles, and the glory of thy people Israel. Now again, Isaiah prophesied of Christ in uh, Isaiah 55, verse 4 to 5. Behold, I have given him for a witness to the people, a leader and a commander to the people. Behold, thou shalt call a nation that thou knowest not, and nations that knew not thee shall run unto thee because of the Lord thy God and for the Holy One of Israel, for he hath glorified thee. And Paul confirmed that this was fulfilled in the response of the Gentiles to the gospel message of Jesus Christ. In verse 8 here, I'm reading here, verse 8 of Romans 15, through to verse 12. Now I say that Jesus Christ was a minister of the circumcision, that is of the Jews who are the circumcised, for the truth of God, to confirm the promises made unto the fathers, and that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy As it is written, For this cause I will confess to thee among the Gentiles, and sing unto thy name. In verse 10, And again he saith, Rejoice ye Gentiles with his people. In verse 11, And again, Praise the Lord, all ye Gentiles, and loud him, all ye people. In verse 12, And again Isaiah saith, There shall be a root of Jesse, and he that shall rise to reign over the Gentiles, in him shall the Gentiles trust. Paul also confirmed in Ephesians that Christ is the one in whom all things are gathered. Let me read here in Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 10. That in the dispensation of the fullness of times, he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on the earth, even in him. And in Corinthians, Paul also confirmed that all, both Jews and Gentiles, are members of one body, Christ's body, his church. I'm reading here from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 12 to 13. For as the body is one, now he's talking here about the church, as the body is one and hath many members, and all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. For by one spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we, whether we be bond or free, and have been all made to drink into one spirit. So, the covenant promise made to Jacob here at Bethel included the salvation of the world, both Jews and Gentiles. Now, one more thing I noted here is this. As I mentioned, when God first made this covenant promise to Jacob, it was through a dream. Now he makes it when Jacob is fully awake. But it's not just a vision Jacob sees. Verse 13 says, God went up from him. God had actually descended there to talk with Jacob. He communicated the covenant promise directly and verbally to him, just like he had with Jacob's father and grandfather. What a wonderful honour that must have been for Jacob. 
You know, God will honour us in similar ways if we serve him like Jacob did. Jesus said in John 12:26, If any man serve me, let him follow me. And where I am, there shall also my servant be. If any man serve me, him will my father honour. So if we follow Jesus, we will be where Jesus is. And wherever Jesus is, that's where we'll be. It's another way of saying, whatever Jesus does, his true servants will do. In whatever place duty called Jesus, that's the same place his servants will be found when duty calls them. So if we serve him fully, going wherever duty calls us to go and doing whatever duty calls us to do, then God our Father will honour us. It begins with consecrating yourself to his service today, just like Jacob did. Today we need to put away our sins, put away our idols so that we can be forgiven and pardon can be written against our names in the books of heaven. Now, while Jacob was forgiven, blessed of God and now re-consecrated to him and God blessing him with his presence, it didn't change the effect his own faults had had upon his family. You see, Galatians 6 verse 7 says, Be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Jacob, remember, had sown polygamy. It had caused so much trouble for him. His household was full of contention and jealousy. Ellen White commented on this in Patriarchs and Prophets, page 208. In her book there, she writes this, that the jealousy of the several mothers had embittered the family relation. Now, you remember that there were at least four mothers, Jacob's two wives plus their handmaids, who were who Jacob had fathered children by. And it goes on to say here, Ellen White goes on to write here, the children had grown up contentious and impatient of control, and the father's life was darkened with anxiety and grief. Now, in the next couple of episodes, we'll see how this played out in his son's lives. So let's pray. Dear Father in heaven, we thank you for this meditation this morning. Firstly, that reminds us of the tender care and regard that Jacob and his family had for the uh, aged nurse, Deborah, and uh, reminding us of the kind of care and regard we should have for the elderly in our own homes. We're also reminded of the wonderful assurance of salvation we have through this covenant promise you made with Jacob, the promise of salvation through Jesus, who would gather all nations through uh, himself as one, both Jews and Gentiles. And we thank you that we are counted as heirs of the promise in Jesus. So we come to you now, Lord, as Jacob did, confessing our sins, asking you to forgive us. And as we bury our sins beneath the cross of Calvary, may you accept us and honor us with your presence, Lord. May you bless us with your Holy Spirit today to guide and direct our footpath. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thanks for listening to the 7am Bible this morning. This has been Paul Chapman. I trust you've gained a blessing from it. And remember, wherever you are today, whatever you're doing, wherever you're going, take the Lord with you, be prayerful, be careful, and have a great day. And I look forward to you joining me for the next episode of the 7am Bible. Stand in his name.
Jesus, your Lord. 